millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is the Tyler Morgan Show on Relentless Daring Media Network. Welcome to Land of Bourbon and Bad Decisions. This is the Tyler Morgan Show live on Twitch. Um, had a little technical difficulty. Apparently, the old Streamlabs was not wanting to uh, be picking up the mic, so I had to go back and restart. Fun times. Before I get started, let me talk to you about one of my favorite things in the whole wide world, aside from bourbon, coffee. Yes, that's right. Coffee, ladies and gentlemen. I love me some coffee. And as I'm not getting paid for this advertisement, because it's not advertisement, I'm just talking about the amazingness that is American Pride Roasters coffee found at the aptly named. AmericanPrideRoasters.com. There you can get so many different flavors of coffee that are named after founding fathers, Mojo 50 radio personalities, longtime friend of so many people in this industry. Doc Thompson has two named after him. There is the Doc Thompson Bacon Blast, which the original and now chocolate flavored. Mmm. You get your sweet and you get your savory. All mixed together. Perfect. After that, you also have the uh, Doc Thompson. I talked about this uh, the last time I did a show two weeks ago. Uh, the uh, Doc Thompson on the roof, 20 bucks, same as downtown. Uh, and that one was named in memory of Doc. Against so many great flavors. I have been working my way through a bag of Frederick Douglass flavor uh, themed coffee, which is so good. I mean, there's so many good coffees there. This is by far one of my favorites. This one tops even the Teddy Roosevelt and the Thomas Paine Age of Reason. You know, the one that's 100% robusta with double the caffeine of the regular Thomas Paine blend. So good. If you want to go find a flavor that works for you, or coffee drops, K-Cups, whatever. Go to aprcoffee.com and check it out. American Pride Roasters, historically great coffee. All right, so before I get into it, last week, you may have noticed there was not an episode on Twitch. There was not a episode on podcast available to be listened to. That's because I was dealing with some stuff. Um, You're watching on the Twitch stream right now, or if you're watching on YouTube, you may have seen my right hand come up and it's in this nice little doohickey here. Let me tell you about my week last week. Last Tuesday, we had some major thunderstorms go through the area and my house may have been struck by lightning. There may have been a wee bit of a fire. When I say a wee bit, I do mean my house filled with smoke. A propane line, the lightning traveled through it. It arced off in the process. It ignited propane. It was just like a blowtorch under my house. Fortunately, with kids being home because they had not gone to school yet, they had been able to, you know, get dogs out, call 911. The house was saved. Granted, we have some giant holes in the floors. We have a lot of repair work that has to be done. Right now, I'm sitting in my office. I have the ceiling fan on. If you notice a lot of background noise, uh, car traffic, dogs barking, that's because this window 
over my shoulder is open because it's the only cooling we have in the house right now. Just letting the breeze go through. And with having the door closed, not a lot of breeze coming through here. But it is what it is. We're doing what we can. Doing what we can. Trying to survive. Just making do with what we've got. And as far as the old handpiece goes, well, when you have a fire, you have a lot of laundry. And we have a little step down into our laundry room and trying to get laundry down Friday night, just trying to get everything caught up because when you're in, when everything in your house smells like smoke, you got to get it all clean as fast as you can. Um, that little step down, there was something there. Couldn't see because I had a basket of laundry in my arms. And down I went. I landed on my hand and I kind of broke my hand just below the knuckle. Like I said, it's been a rough week. Um, so that's where we are on that one. Uh, we're currently in the process of waiting on insurance to you know send a check and all that so we can start paying on getting work done. So again, to people who have been helping out, uh, people who have been even just hopes and thoughts and prayers, thank you. Thank you so very much. Um, it really means the world, uh, especially when, you know, you have a yard full of fire engines, smoke pouring out of your house. I got home. I got home from work because, you know, my kids called me and my birds hadn't gotten out of the house yet. And I had to go in and save my birds. My birds are fine. The birds are fine. Producers Henry and Wrigley are alive and well. Uh, we did not lose them, thank God. Um, and I thought, you had to think, that's the most petty thing that a person could be worried about right now. Is the house standing? Are the kids okay? No, I want my birds. Uh, I actually had to go in, push past the fire department to get to them. Uh, I said, I love my birds. And all this going on. And you just want to think the world is falling down around your ears. Oh, my God, what's going on here? And he's got to stop and go, you know what? My kids are okay. I got the birds out. The dogs are fine. And I just stopped and prayed in the rain. Just tears pouring down my face. Just thanking God for in all of this chaos. We have these blessings and I spend the rest of the day just trying to keep it all together. And it's not easy. Um, there were multiple times that I sat down. I just look at everything around me and I just, I just want to cry. And you just, you, you go, no, I, I can't, I, I can't take time for pity right now. I can't pity myself. I can't be sad for what's going on. I have to work. And then that night, uh, our next door neighbor, his daughter came in and she's like, I'm going to go to the store and get a couple roasts. I'm going to cook dinner for y'all. You don't worry about it. Don't worry about a thing. We're going And so they cook dinner and my neighbor asked me to say a blessing. And that was probably the longest blessing that I had ever asked over a meal. Because I got like three words. I said, dear heavenly father. And it's done. There were no words coming out of my mouth. It's just. It finally had a chance to hit that night. And oh my gosh. And I, I know y'all tune in the show for politics. And here I am expounding on finding the blessings. And the, when everything's falling down around your ears. But I think it's important. I don't owe you an explanation of why I was gone gone last week. I, I tweeted it. I put it out on Facebook. Hey, it's not happening. Here's why. But I think it's still helping me process. It, it, it seems like, like I said, totally weird thing to have to think about. But really, I I have to. Make sure I take the time to make sure I'm taken care of. Make sure 
you know, everyone else taken care of and just to vent it. Cause if I don't, I, I most people I'll swallow it and then I'll self-destruct some way. Some, and that's not good for anybody. So again, to everyone who helped out to people on, uh, I want to say PayPal on, uh, GoFundMe who gave who gave of your money to those who, you know people a couple people who drove up and said here you know we love you take this put it to your family uh, our neighbor's son-in-law is like yeah I got a uh, I got a a portable AC unit you can borrow and we're borrowing it. Can't use it though. Uh, for some reason, it draws too much power and it shuts off entire rooms and it trips the circuit breaker. So he tried. He means well, and and he's trying to help take care of us. And that's that's the thing that matters. Not that we can't use the AC. That he's trying. So again, to everyone who has poured your heart out, given us stuff, given us money. Thank you. It means the absolute world to us. Okay, now that I've, I'm all, I'm all for Cliff. Uh, oh my gosh, Woo. all emotional now. Oh, it's a. I think I earned that one. Um, so I'm gonna get into the actual show now that I've just spent the last ten minutes talking about our. Uh, fire issues um oh as as far as the hand goes another blessing is that i didn't have to have surgery on it it was an option yeah but the doctor's like i'm pretty sure it'll heal fine so if you don't want to have surgery i'm good i'm good let's 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 not do any cutting that's going to take even longer to recover from so yeah the hand is i got this nice fancy boxer break style cast. So, or base. So it's nice. I can take it off, relax my hand, kind of do a little PT with it. Just kind of flex my fingers. This is like, of all the dumb crap that could have happened. I think this is like really the icing on the cake. So the fact that it could have been worse, could have broke it a lot worse than what I did. Um, I'm very lucky that it worked out. Uh, Kim over in the uh, chat over here on Twitch says, uh, yeah, God is great. Ab so stinking lootly. All right. So let's get on this actual show, right? Impossible to explain the, the level of desperation that, that people felt. I mean, you just think that the first couple of days when, when people were trying to hang on the bottom of C-17s, that's desperation that Americans like Americans don't understand that level of desperation. It was a very clear mission, which was to go rescue Aziz. I knew that if I didn't personally intervene, Aziz would die. Chad and I connected, we'd worked together over the last several years, and I just said, you know, how can I help? It's great we're going to go help Aziz, but I'm talking to this orphanage over here that's 3,500 orphans. Let's not just help this limited group. Let's help as many people as we can. I was either going to be sitting on my couch tweeting about how this is all f***ed up, or I was going to be one of the 12 people that was making it a little less 24 hours later, tickets are booked. Then we're getting on a plane. 
I knew I would be more of an asset working with whoever's on the ground. The military was not allowed to go outside the wire. That was the rules of engagement. They can't go outside and help people. Americans, something could happen right in front of them. They can't go outside and help. The Taliban looked right at them. They just executed the woman on their hood just to try to elicit response. Just to be like, just so we're super clear about who is in charge here, I'm gonna murder this woman right in front of you and there's nothing that you can do about it. Their version of crowd control was when it got out of hand, they would just dump a AK mag into the crowd. Whoever just made this decision to turn his bus around essentially just killed, just murdered these people. But some of those people are Americans. There's not enough emotional capacity left in my soul to be able to mourn four busloads of people that are about to die. I'm trying to save a woman and her children, but off to like five feet away from me is a, is a dead child. There's just everywhere. Yeah, so that was the trailer for the documentary Send Me. Um you know, coming out almost a year to the day of the final pullout from Afghanistan and going through and telling their story. What they did. And I'm sure there's people look out and they say, Oh, this there's bunch of self-gratification and yeah, maybe there is, but at the same time, um, in the Christian world, this is what we call sharing our testimony. Uh, what Nick Palmagiano, Tim Kennedy, uh, sea spray. You may have seen him in that trailer by see him. I mean, he was a dark shadow, uh, Chad Robichoff and the Mighty Oaks. Yeah, these guys literally put their lives on the line. And I remember uh, hearing an interview with Tim Kennedy, who had been last fall, would have been a year ago, talking about what was going on with his element, with uh, Save Our Allies, which at the time of this mission, it was not save our allies. It was, you have Chad Robichaud going, okay, I need to get my, my interpreter out. I need to get his family out. And it just morphed. I think in 10 days, save our allies operation, uh, uh, pineapple express, uh, mercury one, all of these groups came together and with one goal, and that was to get these people, you know, American citizens, SIV holders, the special, the special individuals, the you know, interpreters who were Afghan citizens, and all of this, yeah, all these people out, the Christians, orphans, people who were going to be victims of the Taliban. I think it was 17,000 people in 10 days. And this, this is a story that needs to be told and needs to be shared. And uh, I put on, I watched it last night and I put up on Facebook, like, Hey, I'm checking this out for tomorrow's show. The, uh, the editor for who put the movie together. I mean, he, he's like, he's like, thank you. Thank you for watching. Thank you for, you know, being willing to talk about this. Um, again, I, uh, Nick has one movie 
under his belt that I know of, Range 15, a goofy zombie movie he made with a bunch of his veteran buddies, you know, at Ranger Up and Article 15. You know, they really didn't know what they were doing. They're just, ah, let's make a zombie movie. Everyone loves a zombie movie. And they turn around and they do this and is an absolute. It's a masterpiece putting together the the video that they got on the ground, the still shots they got on the ground, pulling the uh, file footage from the news agencies and telling and hearing the guys who are on the ground describing what they saw. Um, There's one point probably 15, 20 minutes into the movie where uh, Nick and Tim both, you, you just see their eyes getting misty talking about things they're seeing with kids being passed along, you know, beach ball at a concert style and being thrown with all their might up to the Marines on, on top of the wall. Seeing seeing the babies who were thrown over and they landed in Constantina wire. I have I have witnessed the tragedy of stuff like this happening to kids. And I've seen dead people, dead soldiers, dead ANA, dead terrorists. Those, those never bothered me. Seeing kids wounded for Nothing other than being in the wrong place at the wrong time. That has trauma that I am still recovering from. And it's 11 years later. So seeing seeing these guys just, you know, Tim Kennedy's like, he just stops. And the screen fades to black because he has to get himself back in check. That is the ultimate proof that, you know, these guys who are Billy badasses who will go in, put a bullet in your face and not think twice about it. They're human. And I think the one thing I would have done different if I was making this film again, this is a, uh, you know, armchair quarterbacking here is one of the biggest tragedies that happened with that whole rescue mission was when four buses of civilians are turned away at the gate. These are people who have been vetted. They have their passports. They have their green cards. They have their visas. They have everything that they need to get on this flight to go go back to the United States, or at least to get the hell out of Afghanistan. The one thing I would have done different is when they told that story, about those people being turned away at the gate. I would have named that 82nd Airborne Full Bird Colonel, that brigade commander, I would have named his name. The reason I would have named that name is because I spent 16 years in the military, eight and a half years as Army National Guard, seven and a half years as Infantry. During my tenure, I have seen such horrible things as the Abu Ghraib prison scandal. I have seen our commander in chief give up five terrorists to bring home one deserter. But the most shameful discrediting thing I have ever seen done to my uniform uniform that I wore for 16 years was a full bird colonel kicking out four bus loads of American citizens, American permanent residents 
our allies who put their lives on the line to fight alongside us for their country. Orphans, Christians, people who don't have who don't stand a chance with the Taliban. All because, quote, this isn't the Tim Kennedy show, end quote. That is probably the worst I have ever felt about my uniform, about someone wearing my uniform. And there have been some absolute dirtbags, complete scum that have put that uniform on and pretended like they actually meant something in the grand scheme of things. But overall, this is a great, great documentary. Uh, I'm going to put try to make sure I have the link for it in the show notes, whether it's YouTube or on podcast. Please go check out Send Me. Uh, it's available for free on uh, Prime Video on Amazon. Uh, it says free with commercials with freebie. There were no commercials. None. It is the full one-hour documentary. No interruptions and absolutely worth the watch. Uh, between, like I said, Sarah Verrata, who was, you know, one of the founding board members of Save Our Allies, Nick Palmagiano, Tim Kennedy, Chad Robichaud, and all these others who put their lives online to save the people who fought with us. Gentlemen, I cannot thank you enough from the bottom of my heart. Absolutely love everything you did. Thank you for your service. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. All right, so getting back into things, I have a couple more things I want to talk about tonight before I call it the end of a very long week. Um, first and foremost, I would be remiss if I did not discuss everybody's favorite topic right now, student loan forgiveness. Yes, that's right. Also known as the largest transfer of wealth from the Poor Americans who did not go to college, could not afford to go to college, did not want to go to college. And transfer, transferring it, not even to the upper middle class. Don't get me wrong. These upper middle class, lower into the upper crust, they're probably going, they're going to gain in that they got $10,000 of student loan debt forgiven. They, maybe they took Pell Grants, they'll get 20 grand forgiven. Ultimately, though, it's not really a transfer of wealth from the poor to them. From 85% of the country that does not currently have student loan debt. This is 
100% of the people picking up the tab when Uncle Sam goes, yeah, follow the printing press, we got to print this trillion dollars, because that's what the estimates are up to. Oh, so it'll be $300 billion. Oh, oh okay, only $300. Only going to be $500 billion. Ooh, That's a lot there. Will only be $700 billion. Oh, I don't think that. Trillion dollars. We promise it's going to stop at a trillion dollars. It's insanity. We have record inflation rates. Rates that we have not seen since, I don't know, the Carter administration. Yet... We're going to continue to do what has led to these inflation rates. We're just going to print a bunch of monopoly money and call it a day. Meanwhile, folks like me are going to get hosed. Folks like you are going to get hosed. People who worked their asses off to go to college are going to get hosed. The, the whole idea that, oh, well, we have to do this in the name of fairness, it's, it's ridiculous. There's nothing equitable about it. I mean, wouldn't the, really the equitable thing be for those college degree holders? Shouldn't, if you're trying to be equitable, you're trying to you know, use beautiful Luke. If you're if you're trying to actually use these uh, socialist concepts such as equity, shouldn't you be making those people who you went to college, you got a degree, you make more money than the average person? We're gonna take money from you. We're gonna give it to those people who didn't go to college. I mean, you would think if they're tr- trying to play the equity card, that's the route they would go. Apparently, I'm wrong. But the this whole idea that this is going to somehow save the economy, no. And even then, with the money that's going towards these, uh, these, I don't call them what they are, they're bailouts. Except they're bailouts to private institutions who issued government-backed loans. Because that's one thing I guarantee you that when they finally implement this, that's the part they're not going to tell you. If you have all 100% commercial student loans, you're not going to get a dime. You know why? Because they're they're buying off the banks that issued the government-backed money. Because it, here's the thing, though, and I've talked about this before. When you, these banks issue a loan that is government subsidized, whether it is a Stafford student loan, whether it is a VA loan, whether it is an FHA loan, a HUD loan, a USDA farm loan, whatever it is, this money is guaranteed. The federal government has come, stepped in and said, we guarantee you will get your money if you lend this out. Because what's going to happen? If the person defaults on a federal student loan, the person defaults on a USDA farm loan. I'm starting to get a little, uh, starting to get a little, uh, little Peter Beatty going on in my voice. Um, but when these loans are backed by government default, now granted, if it's a a in kind of farm or mortgage that's backed up by the US, by federal government. The bank's going to make double profit because here's why. The secret they don't tell you. The government's going to pay off that loan when it goes into default. And then the bank, they'll turn around and they'll sell that farm. Or they'll sell that property. They'll sell that house, whatever the case may be. Because they're that's how they make a profit. So now they've... Oh, well, well, we at least got our money back. Well, time to go make a nickel sell this place at auction. That's what it comes down to. 
Yeah. And the thing with uh, unsecured student loans or with government secured student loans, excuse me, they can't come and pick your brain because, yeah, there's nothing uh, tangible that they can turn around and sell. All the bank knows it's going to get its money back. So when the government comes in, yeah, well, this is the financially responsible thing. Because if every federal student loan were to default, we had to pay it all out at once. We couldn't do it. Okay, we're not talking about the entire weight of federally subsidized student loans. We're talking about a quarter of those of that money, maybe half. And I say that based that the average uh, student loan debt in the United States is approximately $40,000. My wife looks at that number and she goes, <laughs> I wish it was only 40 grand. Master's degrees aren't cheap. And as far as I'm concerned, there should only be one person outside of me whose student loan I should have to worry about. That is the woman I married who started college after we got married. Because now... Her debt is my debt. We share that debt. Hell, even if she started taking on this debt before we got married, as part of her saying I do and me saying I guess, I absorb her debt. That's the only debt I should have to worry about. My piddly like $3,000 from where I attempted college. And... What will eventually be nearly 70 grand in student loans for her. And I want to say this I do not begrudge any person who accepts the money because it's going to be just like the COVID money. Oh, we, you have a FAFSA on record. Your FAFSA shows that you ha that we're going to compare that with your current tax information. And okay, you're single, making less than 150 grand. We're going to give you $10,000. Oh, you were a low income student and you got Pell Grants on top of your, your, your federally subsidized student loans. We're going to give you 20, which it's really weird though, if your Pell Grant they're giving you money for on top of the Pell Grant you already get, because you don't pay back a Pell Grant. It's free money. So, oh, well, you were low income when you took the low, so we're just going to give you extra money. This is utterly ludicrous, insane, asinine. So many other words that won't even come to my brain right now. But it's all in the name of equity. You shouldn't have to go to spend that much money to go to college. Okay, well, all right, let's look at some cause and effect here. College used to be relatively affordable. I say relatively because once you, uh, you know, have the, in, the, uh, the inflation adjusted dollars for going to school, 50 years ago, 60 years ago. At the time, that money would have still been a pretty penny, but it was relatively affordable. Back then, it wasn't a big deal for parents to save up 10 grand and send, your, send their kid off to a state school, and that 10 grand covered it all. But then, there was this push for higher education. We, we all grew up with it. You know, if you're my age, well, you won't go anywhere if you don't go to college. You won't make it if you don't have college. You got to have college if you don't want to be flipping burgers your whole life. And so many people bought into it. But there was a problem. Not everyone could afford it. So then banks started doing student loans. 
basically an unsecured loan with a promissory note saying, hey, I'm going to pay this money back. Well, not enough people for the government's liking were able to get the financing to go to school. So the government created a, a, new, off, a new office. You've heard of Freddie Mac. You've heard of Franny Mae. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Sally Mae. Yes, that's right, Sally Mae. She's the one who's really responsible for the student loan crisis. Because Sally Mae started federally subsidizing student loans. Now, that's where the colleges, they, they started thinking about this. Hey, if this Sally chick's going to back up the loans, why don't we raise our tuition rates just to see what she does? And I'll be damned. She kept paying out. Yes, that's right. She didn't care. So then as it just became a self-feeding fire, you had colleges go, oh, well, they're, they're, they're going to pay this much out. Let's raise, our, let's raise our tuition rates because we have all these administrative fees and blah, 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 blah. They would raise their fees. Sally May, she would keep issuing money. Now, eventually, Sally May, um, the government let go of Sally May. Sally May is now a private subsidiary of the federal government who runs the federally subsidized student loan market as a civilian contractor. They're like the, uh, the, the, the triple canopy, the, the academy, the Blackwater of student loans, the KBR of student loan lending. So now you have this private organization staffed with all kinds of people from the government who just continue as, oh, the, the colleges raise their tuition rates. Hey, ain't no big deal. Just pay it. And so that's what has really caused the giant boom in student in student borrowing. Now, granted, there's something to say about the people who go get their West African gender queer Fruit Loop studies bachelor's degree. I don't know their their degree in underwater basket weaving. And then I will be damned. There's nowhere to use my degree to get a job. No one wants a fully certified underwater basket weaver. No one gives a rip about someone with a West African gender queer studies degree. No. So what do they do? Oh, I guess I need to lay that up into a, into a master's degree. I get my... I can get my master's in something else that's uh, more marketable. And then they end up spending more freaking money. They end up borrowing more money. And again, it is a self-perpetuating cycle. Uh, Kim brought up the employers for a long time. They wouldn't hire for certain jobs without degrees. And to an extent, that's, that's still going on. Um, for some reason, they believe that having a degree means that Ah, you're exceptionally good at jumping through hoops. So that means, uh, so uh, if you because you can jump through hoops, uh, you'll be great for this management position. <laughs> Kim says, "Oh, a bachelor's degree in Fruit Loops—that sounds delicious, but fattening." Yes, yes, indeed. So I'll just do with my degree in bourbon. I wish I had a degree in bourbon. That would be so amazing. But I digress. So now the government, not even six months ago, like five months ago, Aunt Nancy came out and said that. Translated into English, Joe Biden, he, is, he, he just can't strike away this. The student loan debt with a with a pen, it's, it takes an act of Congress. He he just can't doesn't have the the authority 
Yet now, Joe Biden makes made the announcement earlier this week about student loan forgiveness. That's just bold and brave. Give me vodka. But um, at the end of the day, this is going to go to the Supreme Court because they're trying to use this clause in the HEROES Act. The HEROES Act that was passed way back in 2003. And the HEROES Act was designed specifically for student soldiers. People going off to Iraq and Afghanistan that should something happen to them, say they get their legs blown off. Or maybe they're permanently incapacitated, like the uh, like the one guy who passed away recently who was part of the uh, Bo Bergdahl search team. The HEROES Act was designed for guys like that, who they went away to war, they started their education, and then they come back and they can't finish it. They won't be able to have a job to pay it off. So they put a provision in the HEROES Act. So that way the Secretary of Education could go, all right, based on your situation, we are striking your federally subsidized student loan. It's paid off. That's a good thing. I mean, people join the army to go to college for free. And occasionally they still have to take out student loans because they need money to live on. They have to buy a computer. They have to buy their books. And the army only gives like, I think, $250 per credit hour. So $750 per semester per class. So there, there is a discrepancy they take out loans for, and but the Department of Education coming stepping in saying, okay, yeah, we're going to use this rationale here, and we're going to use that to determine how we pay off these student loans. That's where I get my authority from. It's right there. It's right there. Nuts. So, again, to, to those students... You're going to take the money because it's probably going to be direct deposited into your account and you can't you know, reject the direct deposit. I don't, I, I don't begrudge you. Now, if you were one of these, ah, you should pay out my student loan, blah, 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 blah. Okay, I hold that against you because you're a knucklehead. If you're one of these politicians who's been saying, blah, 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 we need to pay off their student loan debt by printing all this money. No, you look like an idiot. Thank you, tree lady. They are insane. This is wasting money that we don't have. They are literally just, uh, fire up the printers. Uh, we got to get this money out there. So. But hey, what's another trillion dollars in monopoly money being printed at the co- at the local copy machine amongst a nation that's already on the verge of financial collapse? All right, last story of the night. Oh boy, it's a doozy. Have you ever seen somebody apologize for somebody else's mere existence? Like, let's just say that you're in Dallas and you're you're hosting a, a trade show. And someone who's a part of that industry comes in and you know, checks out their company's you know, booth and you know, shake some hands with some people there who recognize him or her. And, you know, like if there's a heavy equipment uh, trade show and you, know, you, you had the guy from, you know, the CEO of Caterpillar walking around shaking hands and uh, all this stuff. No one's really going to think that's an issue. 
because hey, it's it, it's the heavy equipment trade show, CEO Caterpillar. Hey, there's there's the CFO from International Harvester Case. There's the uh, there's the guy from Bobcat over there. Yep, no one's going to bat an eye. Well, down in Dallas a couple days ago, Podcast Movement was having their big trade show in Dallas. And they, uh, the people there kind of freaked out. And I say that nicely. I don't, I don't want to be accused of using ableist language, but yeah, they totally spazzed. Why do they totally spaz, you ask? Well, because no one, none other than Mr. Ben Shapiro showed up unannounced and checked in with the Daily Wire booth at Podcast Movement PM 2022 in Dallas, Texas. I know it's a crazy thought that you know, one of the most popular hosts of a podcast network of an online news network would want to show up and see how things are going. Well, I don't necessarily think it was podcast movement that couldn't handle it. I, it was, I'm pretty sure it was the people there because in the world of podcasting, it is the wild, wild west. Anybody who can plug a microphone into a computer and have a podcast. And generally speaking, you can talk about whatever the hell you want on a podcast. Now, granted, you might have some content restrictions from your hosting platform because, yeah, the whole we don't want the uh, KKK podcast where you're using it to recruit new members of the clan. They could say that. I don't have a problem with that. I mean, Alex Jones, um, I actually haven't looked, see, see if he's been deplatformed from all of the, uh, all the major platforms yet because, oh, Alex Jones, he's a crazy conspiracy theorist, man. He's insane. But I said, Pretty much anyone can do this. They have these show these shows, so that way it allows hosts from different genres. They can get together, they can mingle, and they can be like, hey, what kind of equipment do you use? Hey, how would you go about this if you're not in if you're not currently in a podcast? You're looking to start one, you get tickets to go. So you talk to people, you pick brains. That's what all of this is about. Sharing ideas. And people there couldn't handle that. A five foot two Jewish dude showed up to say hi to his homies. Podcast organizer wants your forgiveness. Podcast it made a grave mistake and it apologizes profusely. The organizer is sorry, ashamed, and embarrassed. What happened? Did too many people, white people, show up? Did they not play enough songs from female artists? Nay, nay. It was even worse. Ben Shapiro appeared near a booth briefly on Thursday at a PM hosted convention. Yes, that's right. That evil bastard showed up to, to make everybody uncomfortable. Now, the article I'm, I'm reading from is from OutKick. It's great, re great reporting. But they had to embed the full tweet, lest people think they, they are writing this in jest and that this was merely a satire article. Hi, folks. We owe you an apology. Yesterday afternoon, Ben Shapiro briefly visited PM22, P22, 
PM22 Expo area near the Daily Wire booth. Though he was not registered or expected, we take full responsibility for the harm done by his... What harm was done? People got their panties in a bunch because, oh my God, it's been Shapiro. We hate that little Jewish bastard. Is, 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 is that why? Is that the reason why they need to apologize? And I have papers flying everywhere, apparently. Oh, there's no way around it. We agreed to sell the Daily Wire a first-time booth based on the company's large presence in podcasting. The weight of that decision is now painfully clear. Shapiro is a co-founder. A drop-in, however unlikely, should have been considered a possibility. Those of you who call this unacceptable are right. In nine wonderful years growing and celebrating the medium, PM has made mistakes. The pain caused by this one will always stick with us. We've promised that sponsors will be more carefully considered moving forward. How dare the guards allow someone with traditional views to come in the building? The spark came after random Twitter users said that Shapiro makes them feel uncomfortable as women, people of color, and transgenders. <sighs> Most angry tweeters didn't provide any proof that Shapiro made offensive remarks about their communities. However, we've deduced this could all be boy to discriminate against Shapiro because he's not the most skillful rapper. Which, if you have never listened to his rendition of WAP by Cardi B and Megan the Stallion, it is worth it is worth the listen. Or perhaps he is a danger to society. Maybe giving him a presence aside from his top three rated podcast and, and industry leading Facebook page is a risk too precarious for the blind eye. The revelation has me worried on a personal level. Last summer, I interviewed Ben Shapiro on this very site about social media, the state of the country, the college system, the politicization, the politicization of U.S. institutions, his business, the White House, and values. I would tell you to read it, but I wouldn't want to harm anyone. Still, if you're in a stable position where he can't get to you, here's the link. And it has the link to Bobby Barak's article. Podcast movement must now make up for allowing Shapiro to show his face. An apology and a lifetime ban aren't enough. So I've compiled a list of podcasters to invite to the next event. Cost-free to show support the podcast movement does not allow political radicals at its convention. Podcasters such as Jamel Hill, Keith Olbermann, Al Sharpton, and I hope to God Al Sharpton brings his his bullhorn. Finally, Ely Mistel. Yes, all four of them have podcasts. No, if you add them all up, they don't equal half of Shapiro's listenership. Here's hoping the harm Ben Shapiro inflicted today wasn't irreparable. All righty, that is going to wrap it up for this week. Again, thank you so very freaking much for tuning in. If those of you who are here live on Twitch, those of you who are checking this out on YouTube or listening on demand on your favorite podcast app, again, thank you so very much. I ask you to do the same four things every week. Number one, please hit that subscribe button, follow button, like button, whatever your podcast platform has for you to get the new show every time post in the wee hours of Saturday morning, early sun or wee hours of Sunday morning, late Saturday night. It's been a long day. After that, I ask that you rate the show five stars. Oh, well, five. I'll accept four, three and below. Hit me up at fake Tyler Morgan on Twitter. 
because apparently I can't keep a Twitter account. They discovered that I'm not really me. And they deleted me again. So message me at fake Tyler Morgan, and we will have a discussion about why you're rating me three stars or below. After that, please write a review, say something nice, tell people why you like the show. Finally, share this show, share the show in general, share this episode. Uh, hopefully this episode you know, has something meaningful you can share with a liberal friend who might be on the fence. Maybe this show just going to piss off your liberal friends. I'll accept that one as well. So again, thank you so very much for listening. And as always, stay relentless. The Tyler Morgan Show is a relentless daring media production. The Tyler Morgan Show is supported by its listeners. To support the show, go to ko-fi.com slash Tyler Morgan Show to donate there or RelentlessDaring.com and hit the donate button at the top of the page to set up your donation. All music used in the Tyler Morgan Show is used with permission from PurplePlanet.com. Link in the show notes. 2 Timothy 1.7